Welcome everyone to Focused Fire Chat. Um, we are back again this week. Thankfully, we actually came back. Um, this is Blue Crew eighty six, and tonight, oh, <laughs> and tonight we also have our co-host Justin Sane o five one six, and our other co-host Steeman Willie Beeman, our Grimoire expert. He's Steeman. Make a look high, make a hidey ho. Um, <laughs> as as we can see in the chat, the topic of this week is going to be Toland. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. I'm going to go through just some some notes that we have uh, just covering last week. We did Saint 14 last week, and then this this next week is going to be the Books of Sorrow. Um, we might have to split that one in two segments. We're gonna we're gonna see how we can. What we can do to boil down there's a there's a significant amount of information on that one. Um, we also uh, at least on that dude. Yeah, y'all didn't want to do the seventy two hour stream on that one. Oh, yeah, we might. <laughs> um, we might have to do seriously. We also I also wanted to make a point. We have a Twitter account now, uh, Focused Fire Chat, and if I'll, I'll put that link up in the chat here as well. But if you're listening, that's our new Twitter account for the group. Um, please give us a follow there. We already have a couple people over on there, and I will. I, of course, am going to embarrass myself, and I don't have that pulled up at me. But we also, while I'm pulling this up, we also have now a Podbean account um, where we are archiving all the episodes, and that address is pod or uh, focused fire chat one word dot podbean dot com. Um, so if you also want to get over there and just give us a shout there, we'd really appreciate it. We already have a couple people following us over there and really, really appreciate it. We have a number of people already listening, apparently, which kind of surprises me. Gene in the house. What's yeah. ours? I was just pointing out Gene was uh, in chat. Oh, yeah. So good. I, I drag her in here. So actually, on on the Twitter, we we already have we already have twenty one followers, which actually surprises me. Um, I'm just going to give you guys a quick shout out because I really appreciate it. Uh, we have Mike from Planet Destiny. I've been talking to him about the Exos actually. Uh, Stittles. We have Pins. Uh, Bell. Thank you guys. Um, yeah, I think that's a parody account. I don't really understand that one. It's a fork of Oryx. Uh, Glitch Witch. <laughs> Uh, no Manchester Way, um, Willie and Justin, of course, and then a couple of different DoD clans. We also have Josh and uh, Andy Holman and Kai Cobalt Cam. Uh, that is Ballista Kitty is already over there. She's really quick on the uptake over there, and then an all intensive porpoise. So I haven't seen I haven't seen him in chat yet, but I just again thank you guys so much for giving us some support over there and like I said we're I'll throw I'll throw a link up in the stream but that I think is all the notes that I had for just some just really quick house cleaning um I'm going to let these guys start off we're going to start with our our usual what do we know section on Tolan this might we're going to try to keep it simple it could be a little bit complex with this one um, well, did we did we skip our recap from last week? Oh, do you want us to do a recap? Okay, recap. Yeah. Um, Saint fourteen is awesome, <laughs> and 
and Osiris has figured out how to break the Deep Stone Crypt. Confirmed. Which I think I, I, I think I, I think I might have <laughs> broken a couple people's heads um, on Twitter talking to them about that. If you but, don't do that, you're not doing your job. Yeah, no. Like I said, I, I tweeted out, you guys are going to need to start bringing spin spin foil hats. That's going to be your standard standard fare. If we ever get to a point where we have emotes on Twitch, I'm I have an idea that that's probably going to be what it is. Um, so. Yeah, it, we'll spin so, metal jacket, baby. Or, or, or a jacket of spin foil. Um, so, yeah, recap on Saint-14. Uh, Exo Defender, we all know and love him. Um, we touched a little bit on the history of where the equipment that we got um, in the game comes from, the stories that we know. Uh, his obvious connections to Osiris. Surprise. Um, yeah. And then that led into the the fun theory of what happens when Osiris, if Osiris had actually cor- um, not corrupted him, but converted him, um, which it was, it was a blast talking about it. Um, oh yeah. Good times last week. But before I get too far, because I can totally keep talking about that one. I have more, even more the, the chat is still on St. 14 on the other side. So we're talking about the books of sorrow, and then in our our regular like default chat, I think it's Saint fourteen and I can't remember what what are we talking. What is the? It was Justin's oh. Justin's square <laughs> root of nine. It's, man, uh, there was a lot of Ahamkara talk um, today. Yeah, which I have a feeling we're going to be hitting yep. here. We'll get in there. Soon. Oh, absolutely. I'll take it easy on you. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. You want to kick but, off the what do we know about Toland? Let's, you want to start with just like a basic timeline? Yeah, hit him, Willie. Uh, yeah, we can go with the uh, what they have on ishtar-collective.net, which, you know, that's where we look at a lot of the grimoire at. So shout out to the guys who made that, of course. Um, but here, we this is what we have on Toland so far, according to Ishtar. A guardian known for his obsessive study of the hive, which led to the creation of the exotic pulse rifle Bad Juju and also to his exile from the tower. Now, he was part of the fire team that attempted to kill Crota. His current status is unknown. Often referred to as mad, Tolan's understanding of the Hive Arcana is unparalleled. When Ariana Three and Eris Morn were trying to find a way to kill Crota, they sought out Tolan. He joined the fire team, but the information that we have suggests that he was more interested in learning the Song of Eriu than killing Crota. Nonetheless, Tolan proved invaluable in helping the fire team navigate the temples of the Hive, but in the end, the mission was a failure. Somehow, through his meeting with Eriu, Tolan was killed, but still able to communicate from the overworld. With the arrival of orcs, Tolan was able to send a number of messages. And that's where we have as a basic start out for Tolan the Shattered. Now, well said. Well, once again, these guys at Ishtar, they really nail it. Um, I love going to them for any lore, any cards, you know, because they just, they have any card that you pretty much need and really on point. And, uh, you know, that the one weapon that they do forget to mention, 
was by far my favorite weapon from Vanilla Destiny. Oh, yeah. Which is Shadow Price, of course. Still have that in my vault, waiting to bust that bad boy out. Um, Tolan left that behind, which was a Vanguard weapon. So, I mean, there's not a lore, lot of lore behind it, but at the same time, excellent auto rifle. If you don't have it, sorry for your bad luck. Um, Should have went ahead and played Destiny in Vanilla. <laughs> now, well, you have... <laughs> go, back. Go, go talk to Osiris. He'll, he'll take you back a couple, couple months. <laughs> he'll take you wherever you want, you know, whenever you want, I should say. Um, and then, of course, we have the category of the first Pro to Fire team. At so, Mer- Embryum, a host of Thousand of Guardians came to United to retake the moon, and they were mercilessly slaughtered by the seemingly invincible, invincible Crota and his army of knights. Following this great disaster, Ariana Three and Eris Morn sought to find out another way to kill Crota. They consulted Tolan, the Shattered, the exiled master of Hive Arcana, who told them that Crota existed in another reality one where he could actually be defeated. So they recruited Vel Tarlo, R.I.P. Vel, Omar Aga, really R.I.P. to you, brother, because that was yeah. brutal. Yeah, way he's awesome, too. Omar's dead, <laughs> man. Omar. I mean, dude, yeah, he, he I mean, his, he's the his only sense one of humor. His sense of humor was the best. The, yeah, the, he has that quote, I don't have it pulled up right now, but he talks about Tolan cracking a uh, a hive rune, and they oh, talk yeah. about it's either one thing or the hive have a hell of a recipe for beer. Yeah, and, and that or, just or his his making fun of Vel for being a titan. Yeah, yeah, dude. So I mean, Omar is just great for for a character that's only in here pretty much for the first fire team of Crota. Omar guy was. Definitely an awesome character, and so was all. All of them really were. Saimota too. Uh, Eris kind of lost her mind, you know, and she's still loud in the tower because she's one of the hidden. But you know, it talks about how Vel, Omar, Sai, Eris, Ariana, and Tolan went to an expedition in the depths of the High Fortress on the moon, and they were all believed to have perished in the Hellmouth, but for many years. Eris returned without her ghost, having somehow survived amongst the hive, which we'll get into that later. It was Tolan that ended up helping her out. And that the tales of her fire team's failure and the demise of her comrades at the hands of Crota's disciples. The other fire teams are presumed members are presumed dead, except for Tolan, of course. I, I'm pretty sure that her and Tolan are the only two that actually did survive everything and Tolan only kind of half survived everything, but we'll yeah. get into that later. Yeah, and um, just real quick, I also did note <clears throat> again bringing back bringing it back to Osiris as we all love to do. Um, there is a <laughs> mention, and I've, I'm going to stand by this. Um, there is a mention in the Osiris card about him leading warlocks astray in their research and making them obsessed with. Um, studying the darkness and i think that's a direct nod to toland because um toland was 
exiled from the city shortly after he he went mad, uh, which is why he's called Toll in the Shattered at this point. Um, I know you'll notice I didn't put Toll in the Shattered because his his title actually changes a couple times um, depending on what section of the grimoire you're reading of him in. Um, but when he was Toll in the Shattered, he was actually driven mad by his study of the darkness. So it was kind of it's a kind of um it takes a little bit of an assumption to connect those two but in the same way that i also assume that osiris had to do with kabir and the vault of glass um from that same quote there's that section i think is is pointing to he encouraged tolan to start studying you know the deep or the dark whatever you want to call it um and then that was where he was exiled and then, yeah, he was recruited by Ariana and Eris. And um, someone, uh, Josh actually, or Pins actually asked, um, it's it's an interesting concept. The team, actually, I looked into the team that he actually, or Ariana actually put together. So Ariana was a warlock, and she was she was actually the only one that we know that was actually a Praxic warlock. Um, and we kind of discussed that a little bit with Saint-14. Um, but the Praxics were... Uh, they they believe that the dark you did not need to waste time trying to figure out what the darkness was you just needed to fight it, um, so she she was one of the warlocks that followed that mentality. She was also an exo. Eris was a hunter, and I'm almost certain she was human. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what she was. Omar was also a hunter. Uh, we do not know what uh, race he was. Um, Vel was a titan. Also, we don't, we're not sure on the race on Vel. I can't remember if I found anything on that. Psy was a hunter. Um, again, race is unknown. And then Toland, obviously, was a warlock. He was also Toland the Shattered at this point. So you you had a team of significantly over... Like, it was significantly hunters. You had three hunters, a titan, and two warlocks. And that was a problem. You know, if they would have been a team of six Titans, it would have been <laughs> just, for, just for the record, the Titan was the first one to trip and fall yeah. and get eaten by thralls. So, because yeah, he was carrying the team, or at least trying <laughs> is, to. Is that because his backpack was too heavy? It was full. Now, now had he went ahead and let the puny hunters go first, you know, <laughs> Bell probably would have survived the entire thing. And I don't care what Luke Smith says. You know that uh, we've had this Titan. conversation. <laughs> yes, we have had this conversation, but I'm going to go into it just because uh, that Titan at the first mission we've awoken the hive on the moon. He falls in pretty much the exact same spot the Veltarlo falls. He has no light left, and the wizard that you kill at the end of that mission is named Varric or Verak who is also the same wizard that, along with the Thrall, plucked his ghost from him and made sure he fell for the last time. So I'm going to throw that out there. Luke Smith's wrong. I don't care if he made the game. Um, <laughs> there, there is a lot of, there's a lot of people who disagree with that. Like, that, that, that's not Vel. Like that's there's, Vel. There, is, there is a ton of connections for that being Vel. Um, I know. That, that, that's, that mission that mission is where the thrall over try to overwhelm you that mission is where there's a wizard and I actually think it is 
the, I can't remember the name of that Vera. wizard. Vera. It is Vera, yeah. Name. And um, and there's also the retrieval of a dead ghost. Like, and there's a ti- it's a titan laying right in front of the door. Like, it's it's there are so many and parallels. You can for see it. that poor Vel didn't even have a shader. So I mean, the poor guy. It's <laughs> poor vanilla destiny. Well, it was either that either that or it was November. <laughs> no shader November. I haven't tried that. You know what? We need to make that a thing. Oh. That's not already a thing. But um, um, so yeah, and that and that was just kind of in regards to uh, Penn's question about the uh, the makeup of the team. Um, and then yes, so everybody everybody dies except for Arison, obviously Toland. Except Toland actually does die. Um, we yes, find out. Yeah, he. He sheds his mortal coil, I think is what he says, um, which is very warlocky. But um, yeah, so that's at the end of that, and then obviously that's the introduction of the Dark Below. Um, we get you know the, the whole story of that's why Eris is kind of screwed up is because she spent we don't know how long down in the tunnels with literally her stolen acolyte eyes and Tolton's journal. <clears throat> for companions. So it doesn't take a very big leap to understand why she's a little screwy in the head. Um, but back onto Toland, at the time that he ran into Iriute, which we all know and love is the Death Singer in the Crotus End Raid, he also, you also find out that he actually was kind of setting this whole thing up um, as a way to get closer to the Death Singer, which is actually a title of the Hive, or, yeah, the Hive, um, they believe that the sort, the uh, way to, I guess, cast a spell is by song, basically. We can get into that if we want to later. But he he had realized that the song, he wants to learn the song. And there's a... Uh, the Eriute Death Singer card actually said, and, and there's 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 a couple nuances here. Um, there's a debate right now going <clears throat> whether or not Toland sacrificed Ariana, like offered her as a sacrifice to Eriute, or if she just was still there but not really alive. I think she tried to punch him, punch Eriute. I would be surprised if she, <laughs> she doesn't punch. She's a hunter, so she would try to well, stab she, him. Well, she was a warlock, so she'd just try to, you know, piddly pat slap him. <laughs> play, play patty games yeah. with him. Open hand. Um, but anyway, he, he says, The song is death. To hear it is to die. To know the words is mortal. Oh, good point, Ariana. Death is just a word, isn't it? A catch-all term for the failure to go on. Nothing spiritual, nothing with its own quiddity. We all died once, and it did not prove insurmountable. I'm gonna hold off on my really big well, that connection whole card with that. Right there is a whole nother. I mean that that whole card right there shows that I, I think Ariana was already dead at that card. So do we really want to keep talking well, about that card? Except at the, at the beginning of the card, it says, "Ariana, let's sing, sing with me." No, 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 you rattling machine, not yet. It's too soon. We don't know the words. So either either Toland has completely it's lost it. <laughs> or because she is an exo, and she's been having the light sucked out of her. So there's a there's a question of 
what happens to an exo if a light is taken out? Do they actually die or do they just become a broom bot? Yeah. Just a machine. Because they are a machine, right? They yeah. they are a machine, but they're like the Vex. They have a they have a, a squishy center. So I mean it's it and it go I mean there's there's people on both sides. But I don't know, do you want to dig into that or do you want to dig into the the next section of where he goes after that? Well, I mean, if if we're gonna go timeline wise, we should probably start with the stuff where he was still in that fire game. Uh, especially since I know Damo, Damo well in the chat. He, yeah, I think uh, he's on a raid. We we might get away with that getting yelled at for sword logic tonight. <laughs> Yay! He, uh, you know, he he speaks so strongly against Toland, but you know, I th- I think Toland is torn between the light and the dark because he sees both sides. You know, and uh, one of Damo's most interesting theories is that or the one that he preached about the most anyway when it came to Toland is that Toland would sacrifice all these guys you know everybody in the team just to get to hear you and they have it here you know you, you read the the grimoire and it shows that while they consult into Toland, he does kind of seem to say, yeah, go for it. You know, he's just this hive god. We, we, we can do it. No problem. Well, you and just that's another and- that's another great quote from Omar is the so are we prepared? I am. That wasn't the question. Like he, he asked, <laughs> yeah. he asked Tolan if the team's prepared, and Tolan's response is basically, or Vel Vel's response was, "I am." And Omar's response to that is not exactly the question that I was asking. But... Well, Vel is he's the the stereotype type, you know. He's so strong. He, you know, when you look at the Sardon Fisticrota card. It's a uh, you know Vel asks, so the Sardon is he one of these swarm princes? And Tolan responds, in a stretch of the concept, sure. He is their lord and master. They are his generals. Vel says, it sounds like my kind of fight. And Omar asks, what is it? You know, Omar is like, you titans, you guys are always up for a fight. And uh, Vel goes into it. Ariana, Eris, stupid computer zoomed on me when it wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Not in the card. Eris and Ariana said the blades rose first and slaughtered our brothers and sisters. If the one who leads them in their charge is within reach, I mean to end him. To end them all. Eris responds that we are here for Crota. Tolan responds, I'm afraid each disciple is Crota. Vel, then it must be done. Know that I have faith in your light. As I do my own. Eris, this isn't about faith. Ariana 3, it's about vengeance. Vel, it's about the only thing that matters. Victory. It's about doing what we must to end this terror. Eris, we will face them all together. We have no time to fight individual battles. Tolan, I have no doubt the fists will welcome your challenge, Titan. When we face them, you will lead the charge. 
come. Crota's temple lies ahead. If we can breach it, I'm sure another fight awaits. And that is the spot that you, you know, right in front of the Crota's temple is the spot where there is the dead Titan. I will point that out again. <laughs> right. Um, but I, also, I mean, Tony it... tells him to lead the charge. Right. Like, like Vel's going to say no to that. He's like, hell yeah, I'm going to lead the charge. I'll punch them all in the face. Just, it knows just it. screams of their, their entire drive to go into this whole thing was a bit skewed from the start. You know, and I know Damo, Damo and everyone, we all kind of went around on this whole concept of the, 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 the morality of vengeance is a big, was a big thing for a while on there because that was, you know, whenever Toland is brought up, um, it seems that the people that Toland attracts are people who they want to know more about the dark for, for one reason or the other. And the uh, the fire team for this one, you know that 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 explained it. The fire team they weren't going. You know this wasn't a sanctioned mission. This wasn't a a uh, approved stab at taking out their the opponent's general. This was something that Ariana, because of I just blanked on her name. Um, of her her companion who was killed at the the great disaster. Um, oh, you're talking about um, I'm, I'm, the Titan. Yeah, I'm, talk- I'm embarrassing myself with. I can't knowing. believe that I can't remember it. Like you, you made me. Well, you know, you know, like, time spell. I love, I love. And, and, uh, waning, waning, waning. There it is. Um, this was. Yep. Thank you, Pens. Um, this this was all a giant. I wouldn't say tantrum, but it was it was you hurt my you you took away something that I loved, and now I'm going to kill you. And it wasn't you know basically what that tells me is they're not going into it with a cool head. You know they're not they're not thinking really clearly about everything. Obviously there there was a lot of red flags when they first brought Toland on. I mean Eris even calls him out on it in the middle of the whole process, and she's like you know you're keeping all these secrets from us, and he's like yep. And then they're they're talking they're talking to him about it, and they're like, "Well, how do you know all this stuff?" And he's like, "Oh, I asked." And they're like, "Who, who did you ask?" The darkness, and it's like, it, that 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 would be a red flag. That that is kind yeah. of a red flag when your person who's leading you into a pit of darkness is saying, "Yeah, you know the person that we're going to kill." I was talking to his boss. That's how I found out about all this stuff. Not a big deal, right? But um. Well, in Penn's is bringing up, it was revenge, not vengeance. And that's true. However, in the grimoire, she calls it vengeance. But yes, I would agree. This was this was an act of revenge. This was not vengeance. It's yeah, a very, that was... It's a very small difference, but there is a difference there. And yeah, and Penn's is... hit it on the, the head. Of the right on the right pin? There. Right on the pin. Hot. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, yeah. I'm gonna stop talking. Uh, yeah, that was actually the eyes of Crota card. Um, uh, Eris says something is watching us. I can feel it. Omar says I hate when you say that. Tolan, Crota has many eyes. Every god does. Eris, we have to go. 
Omar, if they know our every move, what chance do we have? Tolan, with their great age comes even greater wisdom. I have no doubt the hive have led us here with intent. Omar, what are you saying? Tolan, for these disciples, we offer our greatest sacrifice. Eris, what does that mean? Tolan, do you feel your light fading? They're offering it to Crota. Us coming here, we are the ones waking him. Omar, he's mad. Tolan, perhaps. And then Eris says, Why do you hold these secrets like weapons to damn us all? And then, very matter-of-factly, Tolan replies, Because they are weapons. And we're going to use them to show the hive that they're not the only ones who breed fear. Eris asks how. And Tolan says, Your hunters, hunt, find the eyes that are upon us. Omar says, Then? Tolan says, We blind Crota and use what's left of our dying light to lead us to where these monsters monsters seek to conjure their master. Yeah, so he's holding and he, he's got a very tunnel vision going on. And I don't agree with the statement that he intends for them all to die, but I, I, I don't uh, think I don't, he's very bothered about it. Right. I, I think, well, and that was kind of, that was also, I don't, I don't remember who brought it up in the chat, but it was a very, very, very well-made point. He is looking at a picture on such a large scale, I think, that a few deaths here and there to him are necessary. Like... He's not gonna. He's not gonna go out of his way to cause them, but at the same time, he's not gonna go significantly out of his way to stop them, because cough, also, you dead know, orbit, cough. what's that? Said like, cough, cough, dead orbit, cough. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's it's um, yeah, it's it's the greater good. He's he's thinking of. You know, and we'll get into that when we start talking about sword logic, which we might want to jump into, you know, pretty soon, because that's going to be a giant topic. But his his understanding of sword logic being the ultimate the ultimate end of the 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 universe to the to him, five deaths are nothing when it's compared to the the multitude of the the um, the human awoken and exos that are around them. I mean. And if you look at it like he's coming at it from that point of view, that he's he's trying to use the dark as a weapon against the dark, you know, to fight fire with fire, he's... I'm not going to say that I necessarily agree with it, but I, it kind of makes sense. He's He's trying to use the sword against its master, because in his mind, that's the only way to knock him down. And it, it like I said, don't necessarily agree, um... I'm trying to keep my moral disgust out of that. But from a logical standpoint, it kind of does make sense. And I think that's ultimately, I think that's what Toland is. I think Toland is the abstract logic of, I don't allow morality into the picture because I'm looking for the greater good and the greater good has no room for morals. Because this is a, this is a fight that we can't allow you know, right and wrong to dictate what we do, where I can definitely see the argument of, well, then we're not much better than that, which we're replacing. 
yeah, it's it's sword logic without even knowing it's sword logic at that point. Well, and I would say that he knows it's sword logic. We didn't know it was sword logic at the time. Yeah, exactly. But he, he definitely knows it was because that's, uh, that was, hang on, that was his temper tantrum card. Or one of the temper tantrum cards that he had. There's quite a few temper tantrum yeah, he, cards. Yeah, he got he got a little he got a little incensed when we didn't we didn't follow the the sword logic. He he was not very happy with us. No, oh, and I understand where he's coming from though, but we will get into that later. That's full spin metal jacket material there. Oh, yeah. um, it was darkness three. That's the card. Yeah, but you know we go into. We went into everything and we didn't even look at the card where, you know, Crow to Zen card, where it's Ariana 3 talking about when they first found Hole, which doesn't say very much, but, but it does, you know, it does tell us that he knows about Throne Worlds at this point. Do you want me to read yeah, it? it? He does. I have it right here. It okay. says, uh, my name is Ariana 3, disciple of the Praxic Warlocks. Marked by the Cormorant Seal, which is interesting. Why is Ariana marked by the Cormorant Steel, the or Seal? I mean, it was the it was a mark of high honor for the Praxix. Well, weren't the Cormorants the ones that said that Osiris was a no concordant? That's concordant. Concordat. The Cormorant. The Cormorant. The Cormorant Seal. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. Moving Corman on. Seal was a seal that the Praxic Warlock Order gave to um, the most honored of their their order. So it basically basically she's very very. Yeah, if yeah. you look at the Warlock chest, Cormorant Line One, um, it says the flavor text says the most valiant among the Praxic Warlocks are honored with this Cormorant seal, and uh, a lot of the Cormorant armor actually just kind of mirrors that. That same, uh, and it that's... shows that she was she probably got that from when Crota was just slaughtering guardians, including Wei Ning, left and right on the moon, because it says following that line that she's the survivor of the great disaster. The day we set out to retake our moon, united in a host of thousands, we found ourselves outmatched by one hive champion of unspeakable power. The monster's name is Crota. He killed my friends face to face, one by one, and he relished it. In the name of all those I lost, I devote myself to his utter destruction. This is my confession, which she confesses a lot. Throw that out there. <laughs> if I transgress in your eyes, I ask your forgiveness. In our world, Crota seemed invincible. Together, Erismorn and I worked a problem, but found no hope. We sought forbidden knowledge the exiled master of Hive Arcana. We found Tolan. Tolan tells us that Crota's presence in our world is a shadow, which we all know that's pretty much true. You know, he told the truth there. That it's true that power resides in the netherworld forged by his will. We must pass through a keyhole between realities, navigate the seething midnight of Crota's world mind, and overthrow the ascendant champions that gathered to his throne. Tolan speaks, he hardly seems mad at times, of the horrible things that await us. A secret song he hungers to learn. And the issue of that song, 
an ashen-burning star husk that looms above, the utter antithesis of life. He talks of it with a curious ambition that I do not want to understand. Tomorrow I'll ask Aga, Mota, and Tarlo if they will go with us. If we fail, I leave this record for Guardians to come. Remember us. So, pretty much after they found Crota, or after they found Tolan, they're like, alright, let's just ask these other three Guardians to come with us. Eris and, uh... Eris and Ariana, obviously, are part of the Hidden. I don't think the other three were. Omar, Ga, Veltarlo. Saimota. Saimota. Yes, thank you. They they just they were friends that they asked to come with them and they trusted in their light, which of course they agreed. And I'm seeing another card that just should not be talked about yet. We will get into it at some point, I'm sure though. Do you want to go ahead and lay out Tolan's take on the sword logic before we go any farther? Because I think it it influences his whole kind of philosophy. I... Um, moving forward. While he understands it, he understands sword logic completely. You're talking about the warlock. He is the Osiris of the Hive. You know, what Osiris was to the Vex, that is what Toland is to the Hive. That's where his main studies went. That's his thing, you know, he, he was especially obsessed with the song of your youth, the death song, of course, that you have to beat in the raid protozen. You, you have was like two minutes. You got to get to her and take her down before she finishes her song or you're gone. Yep. And, uh, that, that's his main obsession that he can't understand. But, Toland, at the same time, after being exiled, we don't know a whole lot about his travels. We know that after being exiled, he went to the moon. He calls it Luna. Uh, that's actually where he speaks about being a sun singer. One of the ways that we know that Toland didn't master both subclasses is he has left scorching footprints on the face of Luna... And he is also bathed in some kind of light on Mercury, which we all know is hot as hell. Um, that's also where primarily Vex go, and that's also where St. Warlock is to get Tolan, or Osiris, I should say. My apologies. Or as Justin just said, that other Warlock. That will not be named. The big O. Yeah, well, not, I'll call him big O. And that's another thing. There's just so much. These two, Osiris and Tolan, they had to have been connected as friends more than anything else, I would think. They both got exiled for wanting to... Well, I guess I shouldn't go there. Well... Now... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say... What I like to note when I'm going through these early Tolan cards are his tone and his uh, kind of his attitude. And you could almost argue that his whole stance is pretty much pragmatism. 
he's, he's also really standoffish. Yeah, he's he's very pragmatic, and yeah, just like Blue said, he's you know he's non-committal and and uh, very cool and detached. Um, as we move closer to his uh, encounter with Ir Ute, he's gonna start getting close to the edge, and then once he has ascended. He's going to have a completely different tone that's uh, it's almost like a different person is 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 speaking. Um, and that's why I don't think you can across the board say Tolan is good, Tolan is bad. He did he wanted this to happen, he didn't want that to happen because I don't think Tolan knew. Um, the darkness oh, I was just going to say the yeah. the darkness 3 cards uh, starts out with an excerpt from his journal. And says, I drive myself to the edge of madness, trying to explain the truth. They kept talking about the warlock driving himself to madness. I didn't get the feeling from Osiris that he was unstable and, and you know, just, just coming apart at the seams. He was very, you know, one-minded and, and he was pursuing that. But And maybe that was crazy in and of itself. But I get the feeling that Toland is cracking. This whole time, yeah, and I was you definitely I was gonna, get that right. And I was going to say, you know, I made the point, you know, and I just kind of threw that in the chat too. I made the point that when I was when I was looking through stuff for Toland, you know, I just I just threw in the Google Toland, and I came back with a uh, an actual really interesting hit on a historical figure. His name was John Toland, and he was in 1670 to 1722. But he was. But the interesting thing that I found about this guy was he was actually a freethinker, which is a it's a school of philosophy that basically it 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 basically proposes that you keep morals out of it. Like you, it's it's a viewpoint that holds that um, positions regarding truth should be formed on logic, reason, and empiricism rather than authority, tradition, revelation, or any other dogma, which is really funny because later in Darkness 3 there's the there's the quote of no 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 don't reach for that word there's no quote reason there's no teleology and teleology will stitch your eyelids shut which is actually also another tie into this character this this guy that I found because he actually was a I'm trying to remember the term for it I think it was a pantheist and a pantheist just says that there's no really there's no first mover, if you're familiar with that concept. There's no um, religious uh, religious causation. It's uh, there's not. It's not. Cre it's not a creationist. He's not a creationist, and he says that there's no overarching big, you know, guiding force, um, which is exactly what Toland is saying. Toland is saying that it's it, it's empiricism. It's it's you know this is the the strong versus the weak, and the strong will always win. End of story. There is no reason for it. That's just the way it is. <clears throat> People need to you know suck it up and just get used to it. And that's that's to me that was it's it's really interesting because I'm like this is kind of a an interesting argument because that's that seems to be the cause of his vehement support of the sword logic is because I think at the core of it he doesn't think that there is any place for morality in this fight 
He's like, no, you need to be absolutely the strongest person on the field. There's no, there's no right or wrong. It's sword logic. You either, you either fight or you die. And if you fight, you have to fight to kill. There's not, and there, there's no such thing as fighting dirty. There's no such thing as fighting clean. There's not honor. This is the, the person who's left standing at the end of the day is the winner. And it doesn't matter how you win. It just matters that you win. But, and, and I just, to me, like, the more I read about his, especially from his journals, that's what just screams at me. It's like, he he has, for, you know, his, for whatever reason, he has come to believe that for the greater good, we're done, we don't, there is no room to discuss, is this the right thing to do or is this the wrong thing to do? Because at this point, it's just, we need to survive. We can parse out if we did the wrong thing morally after we've killed the person who's trying to kill us. I think is ultimately the core of what Toland is coming for. Which also explains why he's so vehement about you to, you, you bumbling fools. Like, why did you walk away from this? They're going to view this as a sign of weakness, and they're going to come after you even harder. Like, they're, they, they are seeing... So you, you killed, or you deposed... Because there's a whole argument about whether or not we actually killed Oryx. But we got rid of him. We cut him off. We kicked him off his throne. And then instead of taking the throne, we just were like, yeah, we're good. We're going home. Yeah. Uh, I like the gun that I got, but I'm going to go home. And I didn't it's like, like the gun I got. Well, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, sorry. and so like, but I mean, if you can, if you can put your head in the, in a in the, I mean, in the philosophy of uh, might is right. You can totally understand, and I think this is the this is also the the core of the reason why Damo was having such a big issue with this. Toland is amoral by all yes. degrees. He he has no room in his existence for morality. He views it as a waste of energy, and he thinks that it's a weakness. And when you exist in when you exist in that paradigm, it makes sense why he throws, like, why, it just, it, to me, as soon as I kind of started reading that, I was like, well, there, that's the answer. I mean, that's, that is Tolan. That is why he is so pissed at us about abandoning things. Because in his mind, we just lost. And to, to lose in Tolan's mind is to die. And so, in his mind, we sacrificed everybody for a weakness that we should have gotten rid of in the process of getting to the point where we got if that if that kind of that logic kind of was kind of cyclical well, but that that goes into him also after we have taken down orcs you know um when yeah read the card let's see here where it is it's the first hellmouth card mm -hmm. and it speaks about i guess we'll get into the if we want to put a vote on the first protofire team yeah. we'll go ahead we'll we'll dig more into everything that happened at that point but we've already talked about how everybody died except for eris and Poland. and the first hellmouth card says i am dead Vela's spectacular deep ah <laughs> Spectacularly dead. Omar and Sire quite dead too. Ariana. Poor Ariana. 
She was so f- very bright till the end, wasn't she? A brave light. But Crota was unmoved. That shadow is detached from its source. Light makes it dark. I could feel his presence, and if I still had a ghost, I'm sure it would have screamed. I, too, am detached from my source. The charming you made her introductions, and I was very pleased to meet We had a conversation, a little tete-a-ute. Tet-tet-tet-a-ute. Tet-a-ute, whatever, I'm, I'm not a tech lizard. A couple of old whispers <laughs> changing definitions. I defined myself as a friend. She defined for me the quiddity of death. And she sang the song of that fearful in autumn. Revelation, my friends. It does go down hard. The definition killed me. The killing redefined This is the shape and point of the tooth. Nothing has ever lived that will not die. There it is. Now I fly between green-black suns in this labyrinth beyond Crota's god star. This is the overworld, the sea of screams, where the throne universes of the great hive fester in eternal majesty. I move among them. I map the shapes and connections of the world. I want to appear in the tower and taunt them. Low, low. I never sleep. I dance in light and shadow. I never sleep. I will never die. I will never die. I want to ask them, if you followed your laws here, to this trembling, fearful place, of what use are those laws? But I have work to do. I shout into deep places. Osiris, I call. Osiris, Osiris, can you hear me? Sometimes I think he answers. Sometimes I wonder what became of Eris. She was very tenacious. For the first time, I am low. And it, that shows that he did finally get to meet Eriut. When he did, she sang her song of death. But instead of killing him like it does to you, if you don't kill her within those two, three minutes... He ends up being sent to the Hive Overworld instead, which is where some people are calling him Tolan the Ascendant. Now, it's very, very fathomable that he would be an Ascendant at this point. And it, it shows he could be working with us throughout the King's Fall Raid or throughout the Taken King itself. I don't know how far you want me to go into that, exactly. But he is in the Hive Overworld. You know, and it, it somehow, despite the fact that Savuthan, Orcs, Zivurath, they they made their throne worlds hidden to each other, so they wouldn't get murdered by their siblings to get their power taken from them and go to their siblings. They still had an overworld that connected them all. And Tolan is there. He's found this. He is mapping everything he can. He, he's taking in all the data he can. He wants to taunt people in the tower. I... Especially the the speaker. I fully support that. <laughs> I do. I do as well. You know. Well, given uh, given who the speaker is. Oh God. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. just saying. 
I'm just saying. This is I'm just the first saying. evidence of Tolan's uh, disdain for everything that we are, everything he's left behind, and it only gets worse from here. <laughs> oh yeah, well it shows so, but I mean, I seriously think that it's Toland in the Ascendant Sword, but you know he's half, or he he was already half mad by the time they put together the first Crow to Fire team. So at this point, he just, he's bat crap crazy. You know, the Ascendant Sword, uh, Grimoire reads, Eris, Eris, what a name. A name for Discord. A name for far cold orbits where no living thing should dare go. I like this. Let me give you a gift, Eris. Let me tell you about the power and the logic of the sword. A shredder or a boomer is a powerful weapon. But it kills a kilically or a silically. You see? It sends out harm and it takes nothing back. The bolt passes away into nothing. A sword, though. A sword is like a bridge, a crossing point. The sword binds wielder to victim. It binds life to death. And when the binding is done, the sword remembers. When the boomer's fire is burned away into an axion and a neutrino scatter, the sword goes on, hungrier and sharper. Understand that this nightmare logic underpins his nightmare world, and you will see why the Ascendant Blade has so much power here. Whenever in our passage we find ourselves in need of power, remember that the greatest authority here is the blade, made keen by eons of use. This is a world the hive craves, a universe creased by the edge of the sharpest sword. And that card to me, that just describes that's Tolan's looking at sword logic and he gets it. He gets it just like Orash and and her sisters did before they became the hive. Or I guess shortly after they became orcs and the hive. He knows that you need to be the strongest to survive. And the best way to do it is personally. You know, you, you can't... Shooting is good, but slicing someone's face off with the sword in your hand is even better because you're connected through that sword while you're slicing off said face. It's more personal. And, <laughs> so... Exactly. And, and, and I'm just going to interject here. It's, so this is an interesting concept. Like, so... This this is where my my understanding of the hive as vampires kind of comes from is because basically what they're doing is they are stealing the light for the light force the life force or the light from their victims right which I kind of you know my my wife and I we I was trying to explain to her sword logic and like why it's such a touchy tough subject and she was like well. What do they think about the guardians? Because you know the guardians, we don't really, we don't die, right? We just we just get hurt. We don't. And it's interesting to me because there's there's a there's a um, there's a very interesting blend of it's not just stealing power, right? It's not just that you're stealing the person's life force from them. It's also the knowledge that you're gaining from that. 
That's that's the concept there is that you you're not only getting more powerful in the sense that you're actually getting more powerful, you're also getting more powerful mentally because you've now learned a new a, a new trick, right? To to do this like it, it's it's like if you're um, dueling somebody and they have a particular defense that you need to have a particular offense to overcome. If you don't know that going into the duel, you're not going to be able to overcome the defense. And then once you learn that, then you know you apply that knowledge into your next combat. It's a very combative sense of, again, going back to the strength is strength is king. Um, but in, it, it, it brought up a really good point because also, you know, as we kind of, I think, talked about yesterday... Someone, someone made a really good point about, well, Orcs wasn't that tough. We just walked in and with six people kicked him, kicked him in between the legs and knocked him off his throne. And it was, it was an interesting point because you have to also understand that really up until very recently in the game world, Guardians like us haven't existed. Like, we, we, we are kind of, we are a new variant in the, in the combat sequence between Orcs and the Traveler that it's a variable that he hadn't accounted for. And so to the hive it would be an interesting it would be an interesting thing to understand how sword logic applies to guardians in the sense of they learn how to quote kill a guardian but they don't actually kill the guardian until you know and that's the um Oh, I just forgot what card it is, but that's the whole thing about the cabal wanting to steal the dead person to understand how it keeps how it stores, you know, stores our light. Great card. Oh my um, god! Not not. And there's other parts of that card art which are just funny. freaking freaking hilarious. But yeah. the the important the actual the actual in game content like not. What's the, the name of those cabal that go to send that transmission uh, out? Storm. The Sage Dancers? No, no. Or, or, the, the Shield Brothers? Oh, part of it? The Skyburners. 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 I'm not, yes. I'm not, I'm not right. talking about Cabal, so I have, I'm not brushed up on Cabal lore. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the Skyburners. Um, but the, the interesting thing also there is, you know, again, me being the random information person that I am, the trivia not word that I'm not allowed to say, um, was that that remind the way they view guardians is the same way that fantasy novels portray liches. Um, they store their life force in an outside object that you can't kill the lich until you destroy the physical object that holds their, well, in fantasy it's their heart, but it was like, so we're, we're not, we're not zombies. We're, we're, uh, space liches. So, <laughs> That's that's my new understanding of guardians, thanks to the the Skyburners card. But it's well, it's, it's uh, Ghost Fragment Cabal Four, right. and uh, they have it where the first time they mention the fact that we come back is Dust Giant Four Cohort Slash Sentry Four Slash Maniple One Four Squad Air Mobile Task Bus Secure Grid Zero Seven One by One Four Five Destroy Guardian Target says the outcome was target guardian temporarily destroyed, target re-engaged with guardian reinforcements, no friendly survivors. So, And then they pre pre proceeded to dance. 
Not, that's you, a few few ways down here. Right. Oh my god, that card is um, that card. That's is. actually two reports down. It's uh this this is one of my favorite things that they put to Line Legion one cohort slash century three slash maniple three five squad heavy INF, which I guess infantry. Task was defend Scion intelligence ops. Outcome overwhelmed by Guardian Fire Team Vex pressure. Two survivors. Survivors reported Guardians foraging for equipment, dancing, and performing acrobatics with light vehicles. <laughs> I just love that. I love that they actually made this part of the actual lore of the game. Dude, it's it's just, I love uh, it. Good job, Budgie. Excellent job. Yes, definitely. Uh, and they hid that one. That oh, they crazy. did. They did. I. Oh my God. They they did a very good job at hiding. But it, but anyway. So like, but it, it was it was an interesting conversation because it's got me thinking. It's like, how does sword logic apply to a to an enemy that is? I mean, it's like an ascendant hive, right? The we we die and we come back, but we don't. We don't give them power in the way that Hive do when they die. I, I imagine that the Ascendant Hive, and I could be wrong, but I would imagine that if you killed, like when Oryx and uh, Zero killed each other repeatedly, I would imagine that some of their life force was released, right? Because that's, that's what they kind of allude to, that they are weakened and they retreat to the th- throne world. But when a Guardian perishes... But the ghost is still there, and you revive the guardian. Is light still with him? Like nothing, nothing was absorbed by them, and so in order for them to actually, to actually gain that light from a guardian, they would have to destroy the ghost, right? How does that? I mean, I'm just, I'm, you know, this is just completely random tangent here. But like, how does sword logic apply to that? I mean, it does in the sense that you would have to learn to kill the ghost first before you kill yes. the guardian. And so, in that regard, it it's still, it's. I mean, sword logic still holds. It still holds. But my curiosity is actually piqued because we keep we keep making fun of the crucible as being the traveler's sword or the court of the traveler. But is it? Because at that point, there's nothing really being collected when you die in the Crucible. Because you're not actually dying. If you're level 40, you know, you're (laughs) not collecting anything. Well, no, but I mean, like, even, I mean, but I mean, just, just like in, in, in game, like in the game world, there's no release of light when a person, when a guardian dies, right? There's, there's no, you know, when a hive dies by you know by the description of sword logic, they absorb the life force of uh, of the victim, and the the sword and the wielder remain, and they actually continue on with the the power and the knowledge that they've gained from that com- that combat. When they kill a guardian, they don't get the power, right? There's no there's no power to absorb because the power just goes back to the ghost. Which was well, kind of the conversation we had about what if we're actually just playing ghosts, playing guardians, but I think we kind of cleared that up in chat. But that was an interesting side conversation too. But, mm. you know, 
unless they destroy the ghost, there is no release of light, which is ultimately, as we know from the Book of Sorrows, that um, that's what their worms want, right? They want that light. But and and Josh is Josh is saying kind of what I'm saying is like I think that sword logic is it's simple, but it's also not as simple as just literally I win, you lose, right? There's there's a degree of um, there's a degree of difference in the type of power that you gained because I think they actually do take the light. Obviously, that's the the whole um, the whole concept of the court that Oryx has oh, yeah. set up. is you need to, to feed to, your worm. Right, to feed the worm, they have to take the light. However, when they kill guardians, they don't get the light. There is no light. So, so to the hive, it's got to be like the most frustrating thing in the world is I killed you, and I have to kill you again and again and again, and, and I'm still not getting anything. Like, I can get more efficient at killing you because I'm learning how to kill you, but, or, you know, eventually they won't, but... But like as a guardian, as a guardian, that's kind of you know we make fun of it because the the hive are just flood, and they just die really easily most <laughs> of the time unless you're playing a raid and you're faced with say, bullet doing sponges. A hard more work. Yeah, yeah but I think sponges. you can distill you can distill sword logic down the true and false. To be to be killed is to be true to be proved false. And to be proved true is to exist. And I think that's where some of that strength comes from. If they hammer your ghost into daggers and impale you with it. Right. Now, Crota, um, now see, I see, I see Crota gaining light from that. Yes. But yeah. the, the average, the average hive doesn't have that power. And so, I mean, that's what I mean is like God that I feel so bad for the I, I I hate saying it but I feel bad for the regular hive who get put up against guardians because it's like I've killed you fifty billion times and I haven't gotten anything other than the fact that I know how to kill you fifty more times. Well, there is a message from Tolan where he talks about the hive actually drinking your light. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm just, it just, I, I was trying to explain it to her, and she, she asked, and I was like, I don't have an answer for that one, because I didn't think about it. Like, I was originally thinking, oh, well, we're like an infinite source of sword logic for him, you know, because we keep dying and coming back, kind and coming back, so it's like, hey, cool, you're like a, like a super Duracell battery for us. <laughs> but then it was like, but we're not, because we're not losing light, we're just losing time, I guess, you know, could technically, I don't know. It was just one of those conversations I had about it, and I was like, I uh, don't, I don't know the answer to this one. You don't have to I'm know curious all. about where Ghost Fragment Type 4, where is this exactly in the timeline? Uh, Which one? You know, it, it, Ghost Fragment Hive 4, it's by Tolan again. It's where he says, if your light is strong enough to hear across the soundless plains, you may have heard their screams. Oh, yeah. What seems like a void between their shrieks holds what I believe yet be another clue to their origins. In one tone, the hive plead to their gods, but in the next, they whisper to another. Perhaps it is here which holds the answer for their ultimate demise, or a bridge to their desires. In my studies, I still struggle to match the tones to their ruined system. 
if only Cryptarch Adana were still with us, which I hope they speak of this Cryptarch later because... She sounds really nice. She sounds a lot more useful than Rahul. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, because yeah. no one has yet to match her at it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's what it says, you know. Four sounds oft repeated, but only four, though I'm on the trail of a fifth, mainly heard from the buzz that once spilled from the shrine. Here. Your, Zol, Yule. It is these sounds that I fear another hive secret hides. Perhaps beyond their gods, perhaps in accordance with them. Perhaps these are just hive translations of worlds we call another name, which we, of course, know not to be true, so this actually has to be before he was ascended Poland. Um, <clears throat> but I believe above all other things belong to some kind of being, which we do know is to be true. It's the worms. Beings that once lived or still live somewhere buried amongst us, beings the hive perhaps owe their very existence to, which, you know, we are spot on there. I'm hoping the war minds may hold further answers, showing there's more than just, uh, just Rasputin out there, that they can see into the worlds that we can, where we can only see what lies upon them. The treasure of knowledge they promise that still remains the most sought after of any guardian. Whoever can find a way past their firewalls of ancient arts and make them look the allies they once were could spare us further atrocities. And although Rasputin offers some promise, one can only hope its silence is self-defense, that it seeks only to preserve itself. We have to prove to it that we're on its side, but I'm starting to doubt that is absolutely true. That maybe the hive or the darkness itself now have a grasp on his systems. Then again, I'm an old man with many fears, and in those fears, often called madness, I will continue to dwell. Almost seems like he, Tolan's almost at the breaking point here, you know. Well, and I kind of because the way that ends, I kind of take that 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 was written. Um, I think that was from his journal. I think that was written before Ariana and Eris came to him. And it, it seems like it, you know, because. because he's, of the war mines being allies. Right. He, and and he also he, he has a question about the hive having grasp on them. Whereas if he was in the overworld, right? If he was in the overworld. Wouldn't he kinda have an idea if the hive had an access to a war mind? I mean he's he's kind of he's kind of buried inside the hive network when he's ascendant. He's he it, knows. Yeah, you would think. Right. I mean What's he? <laughs> he knows I people. Mean, I just yeah, it, it's like it's, he he knows what's going on when he's up yeah. in up in their business, and it seems right now he's kind of sitting on the outside looking in. He's 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 not he hasn't fallen into the abyss yet. He's still just looking into the abyss. Like he's like, ah, that that looks really scary, but really interesting. Yeah, I think he's waiting to see which of us um, actually deserves to exist. I don't think he's taking sides anymore um, past a certain point. I think he's just, he's just watching the sword logic play out. Um, well, I did I, find that, I did find that card. Oh, sorry, Willie. Just real No, quick. go for it. Uh, it was from the King's Fall card. And he says, uh, do you not know that the hive pursue light precisely for the purpose of devouring it with slavering jaws and slick, greedy gulping throats? So, 
I don't think the average thrall that's running at you in the abyss is is thinking about sword logic or anything. I think he he has a hunger for your light. Well, and we know that to be true because the worms are not too forgiving when they're not fed. You know, right? They they kind of they it's they it's a matter it's a yeah that's a matter of you feed the worm or you feed the worm. Like you're exactly. either, you're either going to feed it somebody else or you're going to get fed to it. And um the other the other interesting thing, you know, going back to his to what you just said, I I kind of actually think that might be true. I think he might actually be just he he's he's transcended death. You know, he's like I don't have anything to worry about anymore. I I figured this thing out. And like the whole thing from Darkness 3 um the atom, the atom is oh, yeah. the, it's just oh god, I'm going to read it real quick. This this is such a really really well laid out explanation of sword logic it says why do we have atoms because atomic matter is more stable than the primordial broth atoms defeated the broth that was the first war there were two ways to be and one of them won and everything that came next was made of atoms atoms made stars stars made galaxies Worlds simmered down to rock and acid, and in those smoking primal seas, the first living molecule learned to copy itself. All of this happened by the one law, the blind law, which exists without mind or meaning. It's the simplest law, but it has no worshippers here. Out there, though, out there. How do I explain it? It's so simple. Why don't you see? Imagine three great nations under three great queens. The first queen writes a great book of law, and her rule is just. The second queen builds a high tower, and her people climb it to see the stars. The third queen raises an army and conquers everything. The future belongs to one of these queens. Her rule is harshest, and her people are unhappy, but she rules. This explains everything, understand. This is why the universe is the way it is, and not some other way. Existence is a game that everything plays, and some strategies are winners. The ability to exist to shape existence, to remake it so that your descendants, molecules or stars or people or ideas, will flourish and others will find no ground to grow. And as the universe ticks on towards the close, the great players will face each other. In the next round, there will be three queens, and all of them will have armies. And now it will be a battle of swords until one discovers the cannon, or the plague, or the killing word. Everything is becoming more ruthless, and in the end, only the most ruthless will remain. Look up at the sky, and they will hunt the territories of the night and extinguish the first glint of competition before it can even understand what it faces or why it has transgressed. This is the shape of victory, to rule the universe so absolutely that nothing will ever exist except by your consent. This is the queen at the end of time, whose sovereignty is eternal because no other sovereign can defeat it. And there is no reason for it. No more than there was reason for the victory of the atom. It was, it is simply the winning play. Of course, it might be that there was another country with other queens. And in this country, they sat down together and made one law and one tower and one army to guard their borders. This is the dream of small minds, a gentle place ringed in spears. But I do not think those spears will hold against the queen of the country of armies. And that is all that will matter in the end. It, just, it so that's that's the end of it. But it, it's again, it's not. 
it's it's not that it's a it, it's actually the argument against if you apply morals to it you're going to get killed by the person who doesn't care because the person who doesn't care if he's winning is by the right way or the wrong way is just going to win it's it's very I, I, it, it's very black and white and it, 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 to me that kind of again ties into the whole philosophical thing that we were talking about earlier with John Toland it's there is no teleology here it's just the strong win the weak die yeah it's pretty brutal it, it is but I mean look I, again it just on a big picture scheme of things I mean we the way that in this of course we had a huge argument about evolution throw down you know and, and I just we, I think we all agreed at the end that once you enter sentience into the picture, the the concept of pure evolutionism kind of takes a different tone. But the point that I think Toland is making is it doesn't matter because regardless of if you think something is right or you think something is wrong, it's going to kill you. Like... If a lion and a human go up against each other and the human starts trying to talk to him about philosophy, the lion's probably going to just eat him. Yeah. Like, it, it, and that's, that's, to me, that's what Toland is saying is it doesn't matter what your thoughts are unless you can do it in a way that your thoughts win. You know, if you can trick, if you can trick the stronger person into doing something your way, nod to, uh, I can't remember, Savet, Savet, I can't pronounce her name. Savathun. Savathun. You know, that's exactly, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't necessitate that sword logic does not require physical force. It can, and it's the most direct form of it, but it doesn't require it. Because if you can trick the stronger person into doing what you're telling them to do it, you've won. You, you don't physically win, but you won because you're now in control of the strongest. And I think that's that's an important distinction. It's not just pure might is right. It's no. It's who wins. Who's who's left standing at the end of the day. And I get the feeling that, again, that's why Toland was so pissed when no one listened to him, and they all just left. He's like, because you won, you used the you used their system against them, and you beat them. You could have been, you know, kings and queens of the dark, or you could have brought them into the light. And we had this argument too. It's. As the leader of the the hive and the taken, because that's what you technically are now, you have become that that force. You you just sat on the throne. It's like the uh, I I'm gonna get a lot of well, hate hate to fly this, but it's like the Game of Swords or the Game of Thrones. The person no. who sits the person who sits on the <laughs> Iron Throne is the winner, right? You're talking. I'm I'm coming from a person who's only read the first book because I can't stand them, but. You only read the first book. Your your logic doesn't matter. Uh. <laughs> you have been true, proved false, sir. Uh. Yes, sir. But, you're proved false. But I mean, does and, it, I mean, do you guys agree with that? About how how he gets so mad, but we haven't actually read the King's Fall card yet, which is where Tolan's talking to us, and this is just from us unlocking the ring. You know, this isn't after we had already slayed orcs, which. I, I guess the card is kind of the hint to us what to do. The King's Fall card, which we all assume, of course, is Tolan, 
Where are you going? No, wait. Listen. I was right at first. In the ever-expanding blighted place, even light must obey the sword logic. Even you, guardians. You, best and brightest of the dying dawn. You drew blood in honor of the Taken King. The war priest did his duty, and you did yours. Orcs was challenged, yes, but challenged in the way of the hive. Which is to say that challenge is worship, is challenge, is power, sword logic. You played your part well. You were not supposed to touch the light. How did you find your way into the king cellars? How did you even recognize that benighted draught was what it was? Do you not know that the hive pursue light precisely for the purpose of devouring with sl- yet yeah, that we went into earlier? Devouring with slavering jaws and slick, greedy, gulping throats? How did you take, or rather, untake, the blighted light orcs gathered to offer in sacrifice to Akka and ignite it so that it burned and burned the darkness? It was barely light anymore, but you took it. When you took it, you did not keep it. You set it free. You fools. You disastrous, bumbling squanderers. It's not right. Now who shall be the first navigator? Lord of shapes, harrowed god, taken king. Not you. You might have been kings and queens of the deep, but you have toppled orcs and you have not replaced him. There must be a strongest one. It is the architecture of these spaces. Why are you leaving? And at that card... You know, it just sent chills up my spine actually reading it out loud. Um, it, it makes you realize there has to be that guy. You know, we kill orcs, even though this is the card you get before killing orcs. He, he lets you know that you made a grave mistake. There's, a, there's an architecture of these spaces there has to be somebody on top. And now it's not us because we walked away from everything. We proved ourselves not worthy by not continuing the sword logic. And uh, I think that just speaks volumes to the fact that one, Tolan is back crap crazy. Throwing that out there again because I saw that Justin <laughs> wanted to get a hashtag on it. Trending. That's right. I'm, I'm checking in on the, on the Twitch chat every now and again as well. I'm not and misbehaving. I'm, well, I'm watching you, son. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure. Now, but but it does yeah. make sense that there. I mean, it's just pure logic. There has to be someone at the top, like that. That's just the way things work. It, it, regardless of if you think it's right or not, there is going to be someone at the top. You know, which I I think Sabuthan. You know. It, she she was the one who was the trickiest. She listened to Yule the most throughout the Books of Sorrow, which we will start into next week. So excited for that, by oh, the way. Yeah. I cannot wait to get into the books. I've actually been waiting to get into the books. And you, you look into, after you do defeat Orcs, the card specifically titled Orcs Defeated. Listen, death is the last part of living. And life is learning to die. That's a Da Vinci quote. <laughs> nice. Damn it. Damn it, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> the song is the same as the singing. The last truth commands me to eat all the light in the sky. 
I will go on forever. I will understand. And then it goes into where I think, once again, this is Tolan. I believe most people do. Dwell a moment on the weight of what you've done. Contemplate the story you just ended. Will you ever do anything that screams down the millennia? Will you even hammer your will on the universe until it rings and rings and rings? Forbes was an awesome power. Shows reverence. All right, enough, enough. A vacancy is opened, hasn't it? How interesting. How very interesting. Do you Mm -hmm. ever pause, dear listener, to consider all the benefits of all this heroism you commit? you ever look around you and feel the faintest chill? As though you are the tiny little ball bearing placed beneath a great mass so that it might, if pushed, begin to roll? You are God yourself now. You've concentrated yourself. Emulate me. Use your power to learn. There are worse things to practice being. And that's just... Tolan, I think this would be the card, of course, with the King's Fall card being the first one, which shows us killing orcs. I believe this card to be the one afterwards. He's accepted the fact that we are not going to be the one to fill that vacancy. Well, between them is orcs rebuked. Yes. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the one that's, hello again, it's me. I'm sure you know my name. Let me talk a while. Let me talk. I do take a debased joy in speaking again to small human form heads. When Crota's victory over our little blue world seemed certain, a moment of silence now for Wei Ning, whose directness I admired, it was Oryx who called his child back into the netherworld to plan final victory. It was Oryx that the violence of his spawn was tithed. Oryx is the wielder and the servant of a terrible truth. He has predicated himself on it. He has pursued across thousands of Karn worlds his quest to embody it, and you have seen the force of that truth expended to create those taken. He is not a simple thing to kill. He wants to be isomorphic to conquest, to triumph, to killing and death. He is a syllogism now, but in time he hopes to become an axiom. This is his strength and his fatal weakness. For if he ever falters in his performance, if the inflow of devastation ever falls behind his expenditure of ruin, he will be consumed. If he is ever outmatched, then by the terms of his own existence, he will cease. It is to Oryx himself in the heart of the Dreadnought that armors and encapsulates his, encapsulates his throne world that you must make your last and surest argument. Good luck. Do let me know if a vacancy opens. Yeah, and then the one afterwards that I spoke of. Yeah, he's like, oh, look, a vacancy opened. Yeah, oh, looky there. What do you know? You did it. And he's interested in the vacancy, I think. I go back and forth. I'm I'm just going to throw it out there. I think think he is, but at the same time, I can see the argument that he doesn't really. Because there is also the argument of, like, he's kind of outside of it. He's just watching to see how it plays out. You know, he's I think just gonna we will fight. We will fight Toland at some point. It will be Toland Eternal, and he will. At that point, I hope Osiris pain. helps us. He will be a pain in the butt. This is what I contend. Well, I still stick with you know Osiris and Toland are both on our side. Um, you know, you have Osiris who confided in others. You know, he has his own followers that continue his work, even though we. Don't see him directly. 
there are hints in the grimoire that he is around. He is aware of what's going on, and he is aware of what the plan is. While we have Tolan, who, in his exile, he always stayed solo, which is another thing we talked about. And in when you don't have anyone to talk to other than yourself, you end up talking to yourself. I know this from personal experience, but we're not going to go there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of those nights. Oh, come yeah, on. It's, it's not one of those right now. You know, and they they have... At the same time, I think they're both still working toward the same goal to help us as Guardians. I actually think Osiris is more to keep the balance between the dark and the light balanced. Whereas in Tolan's like, we need to, we know how this works now. We need to take advantage of the fact that we know how this works and they don't know how we work. And we need to take over everything they're doing, which does and does not feed Damo's theory of <laughs> Tolan being evil. Because, yes, he is trying to embrace the sword logic. I, well, and, I think he is embracing it. I think he has embraced it. He, he's is, aware I think, of it. But I think he's his, and, and this is, you know, again, what what we're thinking, but I, I think that his embracing of the sword logic is because he sees it as inevitable and as the purest of truths. And we know from the Osiris card, or the, yeah, the Osiris card, that what drives a warlock to madness the pursuit of the truth. And I mean, I think that, I think that's telling is I think Tolan thinks that he's found the truth and lo and behold, it's driven him mad. I think he is coming into, uh, his newfound realm and he's got assume his ascendant power. Um, and there's a, there's a warlock class item called the Loop of Night, and again, we don't know who he's speaking to here, but it just it just sounds pretty ominous. It says, "I could flinch you apart, molecule by squirming molecule. It is within my power." Tolan the Shattered. He is. I don't want to say power mad, but he's he's buying into the whole "I am a god" thing, and I don't think it bodes well for us. Well, I'm just gonna I don't know that. if that's him buying into well, the, the whole God thing or if that's him just pointing out that even at the point of whenever I'm assuming that was before he was ascendant, but like even at that point, he was kind of obsessed with the idea of I'm stronger than you. Therefore, get out of my way. I'm the right one. You know, I my ability to destroy you equals I get to tell you what to do, I think is kind of where. I think that's telling that that's his that his that is his mentality going into situations. And I, yeah. I do want to point out here the cards. Well, it's not even a card. It's when you're doing the Sunsinger quest mm -hmm. that to fully upgrade the Sunsinger class. This shows that he was a Sunsinger at one point. I have left searing footprints on the dark side of the moon. I have stood on the spires of Mercury chilled by the solar wind. I have stretched my wings and I have flown. That is what is, is possible when you understand the sun's song. 
and I'm actually looking for the one right now where it shows that he he also understands that the void. Yeah, it's is the something Voidwalker. Yeah, Voidwalker class quest. There it, it says, is. The void is not the darkness. The darkness is what it is. Void energy is like all things in the of this universe. <clears throat> it is a light seen through a prism, a fundamental force, the vacuum between the stars, the absence of everything else. Just try explaining that to someone who has never walked the void. Which I'm going to say, Master, both subclasses confirmed there. Yeah, I would agree. He, you know, he understood the void, how it is not the darkness, because he has actually spoken to the darkness himself, which is where I think he learned a lot of the hive secrets personally. He actually mentions it to Eris, so I don't know if it's before or after everybody else is gone. But, you know, he does tell her, he talks about how the hand is there and it has overwhelming power for X amount of reasons. And she ends up asking him, where did you hear this? A speaker. And he ends up saying, no, I heard this from the darkness itself. So Tolan, other than orcs and the worms is the only other person to talk to the darkness. No one else has done this yet, but apparently Tolan has. And maybe that's where he got bad juju. Gonna go spin full hat and throw that out there as well. Because <laughs> that, that gun has obvious ties to the hive. And yeah. I do love the Court of Orcs card as well. You know, it is one of my favorite cards, and I, I'm sure it's one of Blue's too. And it has the, the text that's real serious, but, you know, they're trying to explain things. It says, Orcs ascends from the netherworld, the knights like hot stone, the beasts like scarred bone walk at his side, who walked in front of him, his daughters, with the truth between them, who walked at his side, his priest of worms, who tribute tasted like an egg, who walked <laughs> behind him, Golgoroth, who festered, who walked within him, the satiated worm, it was hungry, but it was fed. They preceded him. These ones surrounded orcs. They were beings who know no rest or doubt, who eat nor shed any flesh, who drink no clear poison, who take away the weakness from the weak, whose violence is tithe to orcs so that he may devour without being devoured, which is them saying that, you know, his court is one of the biggest places he gets tribute from. But this is the best part from Tolan. Are you following this? Would it help if I etched a few notes on the margins? I didn't shuck my mortal form and smuggle this nightmare arcana back to the waking world for the benefit of that masked hypocrite's drooling loyal to orthodox. Whoever finds this, I hope you're sharp. I hope you read closely. Orcs depends on his court. Orcs depends on his shrines. Do you see why? Punish that dependence. He outright calls a speaker a masked hypocrite. <laughs> a drooling masked hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's also it's interesting also there because again, yet again, there's the the underlying distaste for religion. Like just like he's like, You he, are all idiots. Sheeple. <laughs> I, I just um, I actually found something interesting in it. it it ties to the court, I think, um, in kind of preparing for the books of sorrow. 
I define the word agonarch. And an agonarch is a presiding authority at an agon, or public celebration of games. He's a judge or an overseer of proceedings, or more generally, just a master of revels. I think the agonarch is the presiding authority over the court of orcs. Um, I was just very surprised that was an actual word and had to throw that in there. <laughs> Welcome so. to some of my responses. That's, <laughs> that's actually in there? Okay. That's in there, sir. <laughs> Oxford, baby. Oxford. I wear it out. I, I do want to point out, too, that the Emerald Light Bond, the uh, Warlock Bond that you get from Eris, I believe, or I believe that also describes how Tolan does end up helping Eris out. It has a quote from him that says, "They'll believe you're one of your own, their own, and that is the only way." Right, Tolan the Shattered. Well, and we know, and, you know, like I said, we knew that she survived because of the knowledge inside his journal. And I was looking at. Uh, I was just I was looking at uh, Destiny Destinypedia at some of the flavor text from Eris the other day, just like just reading some of it, and God, she is creepy. She's yeah, there's so much wrong with that person. But there's <laughs> there's a few that it was there was some uh, pretty pretty interesting ones. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Fingertips it, on the surface of my mind. Yeah, it's. It, <laughs> Eris, you ready to party? I'm already hearing voices. It <laughs> was the greatest webcomic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did like, you find it? Yeah. One little, two little, three little hive. You killed so many, now none are alive. That's a song that she sings, apparently, to herself. I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> what? What? What is going on? And then, the one that I was actually, I'm trying to. Yeah, my eyes I was born with are down in that pit buried in the Guardian that I once was. Okay, I'm going to go the other way now. Uh, <laughs> There's... No, it's, just, it's just like, there was, but there was one that like, she was like, yeah, they took my eyes, so I took three of them. It was like, what? Oh, an eye for an eye, you see. They took one, but I took three. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, she, does, she doesn't Eris get even, is, she gets ahead. Eris, calm down. <laughs> No way. I love Eris, dude. She needs to keep it up. Yeah. And I do want to point out a quote from her now that you're talking about her so much, Blue. Um, it's in the Lost to Light mission where you have to return to the Chamber of Night and steal the Shard of the Crystal that once held Crota's soul. And it says, the fabric of our world puckers and tears around the dreadnought. The seams oh. of this fabric are ruptures. Cracks that allow orcs to walk as he wills. Tolan can be our guide, even in death. And that's by Eris Moore, of course. Now, do you think she's referring more to, because you, your ghost does talk about how interesting Tolan's journal is throughout that mission. But at the same time, there's a lot of spinful hats on about that glowing light that leads you to orcs throughout the raid. That that is Tolan. Him from the from the world that he's communicating from us with the overworld. That's him showing us the way. Now, I, I just wanted to bring that up because it is quite an interesting theory. Just like, you know, we've had quite a few of them come up for... Yeah. Uh, 
Oh no. <laughs> for the the current chat, which shall not be named as of yet. My favorite one from her, just real quick, is with its dying breath, the traveler created ghosts to open doors. <laughs> that is a in good a, one. Actually, my favorite one is uh, I'm required to give you dried fruit candies. <laughs> <laughs> and they do absolutely nothing. I'm going to throw that out there, too. Those uh, damn raisins she gives you does jack. I think it was. I think it was havoc in the chat. He's like, "Oh nope, that's a challenge. Challenges kill orcs with the raisins. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be one of the challenges we get." Good call. Now you gotta infu- you gotta infuse them. You gotta, you gotta infuse gotta the raisins. Infuse them to something else so that way they turn into money, and then you have to throw them into orcs' screen, and that's the only way it's really fall fell works. No, we'll just, in a later DLC, we'll get exotic raisins. Um, <laughs> no, uh, the new raid ship, which I haven't gotten yet. Darn it. Uh, the Agonarch Carve. Um, there's a quote from Toland. Um, life is pain. Pain is power. Mm-hmm. And power is life. That's probably the closest he'll ever come to like a live strong bracelet saying. <laughs> Just but, um, do it. <laughs> yeah, just, just do it. Get to know this. Life is it. tough. Yeah, but he's a. I think pragmatist is probably the the kindest, definite like description of his outlook. But he is fully entrenched in the sword logic now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's got to embrace that world that he's in. You know. Uh, he he's been studying it for you. That's his life work. Was Tolan not only learning that song, but understanding the hive? It's just once again like the other warlock that shall not be named at the moment that wanted to understand the Vex. They just that was their obsession, and that's another big reason why. They were such good friends, one thinks. And I think that's hinted to that in the card that I spoke of earlier where, you know, he's that's who he calls out to. Tolan doesn't yell for anybody else but Osiris in that card. He, he thinks at times he can hear him, which we already know that the, the Vex can get into Hive Throne Worlds because Oryx let them, or... I want to, sorry, Crota let them into Oryx's throne world, which will be discussed next week, week after, probably the week after that, I'm sure. And so the Vex and the Hive are actually very well connected when you look at all the cards. They, They both serve the deep, the darkness, depending on what you want to call it. They both have their own weight of, you know, the, the hive tear holes into the fabrics of reality, as they put it, where the the Vex just make portals and they take us through time, you know, which we learned from of course the, the Vault of Glass raid, but there's other time references all throughout everything involved with the Vex including their weapons, which I'm not going to go there right now because we're supposed to talk about Tolan. (laughs) 
Is it possible yeah. that Osiris, well, Osiris was the warlock vanguard. We don't really know timeline on that, where Toland was during that time. But it's not inconceivable that Toland might have been a warlock under Osiris as his vanguard. And is it possible that Os- that Toland and, and Osiris are part of a two-pronged attack um, to infiltrate the Vex and the Hive simultaneously? Because really, what good is taking out the Vex if the Hive are running rampant? And then their demise might be intertwined, is I guess what I'm getting at. Right. That's a that's officially and a theory. And we know that Osiris supposedly sometimes responded to Toland. I think. Or at least he thought he did. He thought he did. Thought he thought at times that he could hear him uh, reply. Freaking theories making me. First it was Deep Stone. Now you've got me thinking about. It's Stratego I mean, games with the Hive and Vex. Which one's this one? Not the one. This is my focus fire. We we don't we don't focus because there's just so much. Everything's intertwined. You know, it's like we oh, were yeah. discussing earlier when we were talking about the books of sorrow. We should just Everything rename it just... Osiris's discussions. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should call it the uh, the spinful hat committee. Spinful convention, yeah. That's what we call ourselves. But at least when I, yeah, when I when I get in there, it seems like the the conversation's going along a good little clip, and then I'll jump in there for two minutes, and Willie goes next card. Josh, next card. That's that's, that's, oh god, that's because there's so much information on that one. So yeah, that actually went smoother than I was thinking. Do we do we want to? Do you have anything else that you'd like to throw us under the bus on? Uh, I think Justin. Willie does. I, I think Willie might on Ariana. Ariana. Did you get to that? Well, I don't know which part you're exactly talking about, we, but we all do know that Ariana, she was in it to kill Crota for her own purposes because we don't know exactly what relationship she had with Wei Ning. Because Wei Ning was her girlfriend and Crota killed her girlfriend. We don't know that for a fact. We don't know that for a fact, but... Metal jacket. Yeah, she... <laughs> it was... They were not just acquaintances. Let's just leave it at that. They were, they were at they least were, at minimum. They were really good friends. They were at we'll least BFFs. <laughs> yeah, which best friends forever includes a death, hopefully, for those two. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Waning and Ariana 3. But we... Which part exactly are you talking about with Ariana? Oh, that uh, whether or not Toland uh, sacrificed her to Ir Ute. Um, well, I, I I think she's already dead in the one part that I, I have up here somewhere. When he calls her a rattling machine? Is that the one yes, you're talking about? Yes, I think at that point she's already gone. You know, she and I already got rid of it because I was looking at current stuff. But, you know, he tells her he, at some point, or at the beginning of the card, he tells her, he's like, Ariana. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he says, sing. Song, sing with me. No, yeah. no, not yet, you rattling machine. We <laughs> yeah. don't know the song yet. We have to go down to her. Shh, <laughs> stop, stop singing. <laughs> you know, and that could be if she's not dead, she's almost dead. Yeah, you I know? was going to say, because he's so crazy at that point. 
he could be talking to a, well, a the other, blank the other, exo. The other thing that I think it's it's I so. think he's like so excited that he's like finally at your you or who's gonna teach him this death song. You know, it's like how you know someone gets really excited and they start just like, Oh, oh, oh yeah, let's let's do this. Let's uh-huh. you know, it's like that's kinda that's kinda <laughs> how I read it was he was just like, Oh, oh my god And it was like, dude, calm down. Like <laughs> it was but yeah, I I kinda I mean I don't know. It, it and she um and he kind of has a conversation with her, so I can kind of see how it could go both ways because there's not really a break in the card. Because later in the in that card, which is Eerie at the Death Singer, it says the song is death, the hero is to die, blah, blah. And then, then he kind of like stops and he's like, to know the world is more, oh, good point, Ariana. Death is just a word, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I think she might have already been dead because he kind of seems like, First off, I don't think that Ariana would say that because as a Praxic Warlock, they're not really prone to the whole debate of what a word means. They just kind of like punching, or not punching, but like Nova bombing things. But it almost does actually seem like he's talking to a a corpse, you know, just a, a shell. Whether that shell is still moving or not, though... I think that might be the... I see we only have about six minutes left. Well, five minutes left now, according to my clock. Um, I do want to point out also, Dark Drinker is the only sword that speaks about the fact that you get your exotic sword from the Willbreaker. And once again, this is Tolan, you know, talking about it. It says, Mm -hmm. "Draw, draw close now, closer. Yes. Let me tell you why you should not fear the Willbreaker, the Sword of Orcs. Firstly, its blade is not dulled by age. Each death it trades for life hones its edge. Gives it weight and gravitas and existence within the vortex of its own totality. Nextly, Willbreaker transcends liminality. Willbreaker demands a subjugation more diffuse than the simple snick and smash of a physical brink. It does not have to touch you to wound you. And lastly, and this is critical, to be taken in Willbreaker's grasp is grasp is to know true bliss. That is to be simplified. That is to be reduced to one's most basic level, shedding all higher order thoughts of fear, or duty, or selfishness. That is to feel only pain. Now, do you see? Now, do you understand what you've done? Which he asks us that so many times. Jesus, yeah, we we know what we did, or or and get over. <laughs> We did it on purpose, okay, buddy? Move on. But he, once again, that's just Tolan trying to explain to us the sword logic. You know, Willbreaker, it, the more it kills, the sharper it gets, which makes you want to... And that's kind of shown through the exotic sword quest, the fact that you have to sacrifice other things into it to get it to 280. Or you, you got to do your crucible kills too, aka the quarter of the traveler. Um, yeah. You have to kill specifically yellow bars, and it's it really kills me that it's just dark drinker that has grimoire on the willbreaker. You would hope that they would try to include the willbreaker in on every of the all the cards, but 
this one is the one they decided, okay, this is going to be by Tolan. And it's it's probably on purpose, and I'm sure they'll dig more into it as it goes. Which I think Ray's lighter looks better, personally. Oh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to uh, address just, and this is just a little parallel. I think Toland um, actually shares a lot of um, similarities with Oryx or Arash or however you want to call him before he took the king, the king morph. And we'll get into that more in the books of sorrow, but both of them crave above all things understanding. And I know you could probably say that about most warlocks, but uh, it's understanding at the, at the cost of all else. And uh, I just, I see this progression wherein wherein he essentially becomes Oryx, um, or reasonable facsimile, as close as you can get. But uh, at least mentally, he's traveling a path that's it's got roughly the same finish line <laughs> as Oryx. What do you think about that? Come on, Willie, come at me. <laughs> yeah, just call me out there. I was actually uh, gonna agree with me. Out. Uh, oh, uh, I was checking something else out at the moment about Forsaken. Oh, uh, okay, cool. That's a good one. Yeah, where it says mm-hmm. conjured with one purpose to die, which is a direct quote from Tolan, and I think the rest is him as well. Where it says, "How does one call through to the darkness?" Through the void of the eternal night sky, through the pathways to link the hive to their ancient rotting deities, which that's how we all know that Orash, or I guess we should say the Osmium King, followed by Sithonia, had looked at Yule when they found him as a rotting, much smaller white worm. And it answers that question with suffering. The forsaken are conjured in birth through ritual, meant to serve as a worship to their gods of a higher plane of misery. To perform a ritual of sacrifice is to tempt a god's hunger. What then, if being of the light were to taint such a ritual? Would the hive be punished? Would their gods grow angry? I I was looking at that, so honestly, I only half heard you there, Justin. But whatever it is, I don't agree with you. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I said Toland. Equals Oryx equals the Traveler. Yeah, definitely um, don't agree with you. Yeah, no. <laughs> bitch oh, when, when I break out the when I break out the equal signs, blue he just oh. blue tunes out. No, I was just <laughs> no, I was it's drawing. When we the... break out the digital square root of nine. That's when that's when I start <laughs> checking oh. out. It's it's wherein all truths are contained. Okay, no, uh, I was just drawing the parallel between. Toland and Orash um, from the Books of Sorrow later to become Oryx and just how both of them are seemingly their nature is understanding. That's that's the, the underpinning theme in their whole nature is to understand um, and maybe not even in the sense of the word that we mean it as but um, yeah I just I, I have this feeling that Toland is traveling that same path. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I will semi-agree with you because I don't agree with fully agreeing with you. 
Yeah, no, because, uh, here, I'll help you. Yeah, look I'll help the you Vinecaster out. armor, and I mean, <laughs> the Vinecasters for the Greaves or for the arm pieces, it says to inflict your desires upon reality. And that's a direct quote from Toland, all the Vinecaster armor is. And then you go to the boots to completely know and then completely destroy another being. Then we have the helmet, which is to subsume another's will to your own, sounding like he's taking people now. And then we have, of course, the chest piece, to bind another being cell by cell to your will. All these are direct quotes from Tolan on the Bindcaster 1 armor, and I believe Bindcaster, I'm if it's 1, 2, 3, whatever, if it's that specific piece of armor, it holds that piece of lore, so... You have those, check them out. And I, I think all those show, because all those came out with the Taking King as well, that Tolan definitely, he, he does kind of compare himself to Orcs. If nothing else, he at least looks up to Orcs, because, you know, he he asks us in that one card I read earlier, what are you going to do that's going to travel down the millennia? And and I feel like he asked that kind of, like, you're an idiot. Why'd you do this? You're not taking the place. You're, you're not going to be the one. You're not going to be the first navigator. So what are you doing right now? And he definitely shows a lot of love to orcs. And I think it's because he has that understanding, like Damo has with the dregs, which <laughs> I still don't understand. But you know, can we start he, calling him Dregmo? Uh, we should. We should call him Dregmo from here on. Dregmo in. from now on. It's gonna be on the <laughs> quiz tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what do we call Damo Will from now on? Dregmo. Dregmo Will. <laughs> Dregmo Will. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Continue. Yeah. And I was just gonna wrote right. Also mentioned the Echo of Orcs card. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, the first one seems to come from orcs, or it could even be Tolan quoting orcs. Abase yourself. Weapons and instruments. Submit yourself. Shapes and gliders. Automata all. I am orcs. Lord of shapes. Carver of tablets. Behold my performance of the last true shape. All capitalized for last true shape. The final axiom. Witness the space that I define. I approach the simple no, don't know that word. Symptote. <laughs> Somebody Google that. Which I one? grow vast across the apologies. Oh, click the wrong button. It's Dropbox all over again. <laughs> it is. It's Dropbox all over. There it is. I grow uh, a s y m p t o t e. Find out how to say that right, because I'm sure sure that I I sure as hell did not. But he says he approaches it, and oh. then he grows vast across topo- topologies. He is simply not connected. And then, once again, we have our dear friend Tola. Dearest Guardian, I write, from you f- I write to you from a place from high contempt. No, no, no. Don't be offended. Don't be so superficial. It's in the architecture of these spaces. They look down on you. I wander out here, and worlds cut by sharp hive swords, and I send back these messages for you. Of orcs that 
Admiral Monarch, I have only a little to say. Why? Because he is an all-the-action fellow traveler? His philosophy all on display? He has twinned himself so closely to the power he admires. He has become many-placed, many-formed, sending out emissaries of himself to ask after the truth. In each act of his power, Orc seeks to reincarnate or seeks to incarnate the self-sustaining, immortal suzerainty that he worships, the power that he uses to wash his taking clean and etch them into useful shapes. Listen. Listen. I understand you, simpleton. It's entirely obvious. Orcs inhabits a world where power is true. To win is to be noble, and to be real. When he departs from that world... Out into the material universe, he is lessened. The echoes of orcs go forth to ask a question. Are you the truth? And that means, well, you'll see, I'm sure. Which, once again, it comes back down to sword logic. The truth. If you're the truth, that means you're the best. You know, if, if you go into battle and you're the one that dies, then you're false. You're proven to be false by sword logic. And... Because, it also because you are not going to be the final form. Exactly, you're you're not the you, you're the primordial goop. You're not yep. the atoms. But you notice he calls him an admiral monarch, and he says he only has a little to say, but that little bit kind of puts orcs on a on a high horse, you yeah. know. He, he puts him on such a high horse when he talks about him, which that shows great admiration, which, I mean, he calls him an admiral monarch once again. So, Right, he, but he, I think the other, the other thing is, is if he truly believes that the truth is or logic, then that would explain why he puts <clears throat> Oryx on such a high, on a high level. It's because he is the strongest at this point, you know, up until we dethroned him, Oryx was the final form. Or not the final form, but he was he was the closest to that form. Yeah. And if you believe that to be the truth, then you know, it's probably Oryx is probably as close to a god as Tolan could probably stomach. Yeah. We may uh, have toppled I've toppled sword logic completely because I don't I don't know. I Well Think I, don't about think, it, I don't think sword logic is able to be toppled. It just well, is. Hey, hey, we added, let, let, him, let him put on a spinful hat. Let's there, you go. On there you go. We introduced, and I don't know what word, what word we want to put to it, but we introduced choice. It was true or false. Well, we proved Oryx false and somehow managed to not prove ourselves true by not taking up the mantle. And I think we've introduced something to it that I think that's part of why Toland's so peeved because we've flown in the face of the, of the universal truth. Um, kind of spit just, in it if you look at it. Yeah, spit right on it. And that's just, that's just, a, uh, just a thought. And also, Willie and a Asymptote is a line that continually approaches a given curve but does not meet it at any at any inf- at any finite distance, which to me sounds like a paradox, but I'm no 
Wait, what? Wait, what is it? It's a line that continually approaches a given curve, but mm-hmm. does not meet it at any finite distance. Oh, okay. And it's from the Greek asymptotos for not falling together. Had to get some Greek in there. Because we all know how much we Bungie all love loves Greek mythology. No, Bungie has to love it too, because I mean it's all throughout oh, the yeah. Vex. Well, so well that so you have you have the Romans being cabal. Yeah, and then there's some Chinese oh. mythology hidden in there. You got to really look for that. But uh... <laughs> all right, we're we're going for the spin metal jacket ten minutes after. <laughs> right. Okay, so I mean, obviously, as with any of the. So just to wrap it up, as with any of the focused fires, we've kind of come to realize that these are going to probably be revisited at some point in the in the future. Next um, week. Yeah, they, well, there's that. Especially if it's Osiris, then we'll revisit it every week. But um, as more information obviously gets dropped, you know, that's going to be the, the most obvious time when we revisit some of this stuff. But... Um, I think we should probably just do some quick shout outs and then we'll wrap it up and get back to talk about books of sorrow. So oh, Justin, yeah. Willie, which one of you want to, Justin, you want to go first before Willie I go steals? First. Yeah. I go before first. he steals your shout outs again. All right. So <laughs> first of all, first of all, this one, we can all three do this one, even though it's 12, 11 AM. Happy veterans day to all the veterans out there, yeah. DOD, yep. otherwise active, inactive, um, any anyone uh, in any form of service, I appreciate you down to the bottom of my heart, um, and uh, keep your head up. And uh, I would like to give a big shout out to uh, the Ghost Stories crew. Um, give a big shout out to Bife for frequenting our chat a few times this week and my boy gr hobbit for his continued help with our logos and graphic design uh stuff looks great and as always shadow white crew and i think that does me uh and all dod everywhere top that willy suck it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're selling everybody's shout outs aren't you you son of a uh, I caught myself. I caught myself. <laughs> All right. So shout out, of course. Once again, I, I was going to throw a shout out to veterans too, especially to my little brother, Robert Swift, who's out there. He's training to be a uh, uh, mechanic on Apache helicopters right now. He's out in Fort Eustis. You know, oh, God awesome. love you. Thank you for all the three games that you've given me. Thanks to you. Uh, also want to throw a shout out, of course, to kingpin the dod kp without you man we wouldn't even be here discussing this as a as a group right now so shout out kp even though you're a mysterious bastard who continuously just teaches us and leaves the chat uh, <laughs> he's, he's, I, I, he's so bad about that's it one of the reasons that we love you so thanks uh you know shout out of course once again I started out in DOD Charlie where I ended up going to DOD Foxtrot 360 and then being one of the the founders of DOD Foxtrot X1. So shout out to Cobalt Cam for making Charlie. Uh, of course, Sleepy Bear who runs 360. 
and Death Omen before him, who had created Foxtrot 360. Uh, shout out to Foxtrot X1 for being so ridiculous. Good God, that chat today. I couldn't keep <laughs> up with it. You guys have no idea. I can't talk about it while we're... I've while seen we're screenshots. <laughs> no, you saw screenshots from the band. Now, the... The, the B-Net chat, that's where all the magic happens. Good. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, that, is that the word that we're using for that? I, I will go ahead and I will screenshot some of the things that happened today. Some people might have changed their names at some points. <laughs> so they said for inappropriate. But, oh you know, without those guys, I probably wouldn't play Destiny as long as I did. So yeah. shout out to everybody in Foxtrot, of course. Um, shout out to, once again, the creators of Ishtar-Collective.net. If you haven't been to that website, that's where we pull a lot of our material from. They put everything together so well that it just it's so easy to find the things that you're looking for. They give you the synopsises that you need. They have a timeline. So, you know, thank you so much for making that website and for not trying to sue us yet from using it so frequently. <laughs> And shout out to Blue to having me here for I don't know what reason, but I do enjoy doing this every week. Without you, Blue, I would not be here. <laughs> Why uh, you want me? I don't know, but I do know that I enjoy it. So. Yeah, none of the circus would be here. That is, I don't know if I want to take credit for that. <laughs> it's your but fault, man. That's true. Fault. That is, that's what, that's what KP keeps telling me. So, but yeah, no, shout, again, shout out to the DoD, um, and like like Justin said at the beginning of this, Happy Veterans Day! Thank you guys for or everyone. Thank you for being real life guardians. We really appreciate it. Um, obviously, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without your service, and that does not go unnoticed. Um, I know we have many many conversations with a couple different uh, service members about the level of care that the country gives and. I know that at the DOD we're in the middle. I think they're actually in the middle of doing a charity stream right now. Yes, so check that out. Definitely, if you are in the that's actually right this now. weekend. Is that in this weekend? I think did that's the this weekend ran by M1 Abrams. Got it. Abrams uh, is doing DOD this weekend. And we'll be yeah. we'll be pushing that content out definitely um, because they, you know, of everybody, they need a they need our support. Um, shout out to the DOD. Like I said. Uh, Leroy Jenkins clan, which we, which I co-founded excellent group of guys and gals. And again, just like these two guys have said without them, we, we wouldn't have even gotten involved in this. We would, I probably would have played this game for about a week and then dropped it if I hadn't found the community that I had found. So thank you guys all. And, um, like I said, next week's conversation is going to be books of sorrow. And yet again, remember we do have a Twitter account, it is Focus Fire Chat on Twitter, and then also at yeah at Focus Fire Chat on Twitter, and then also be sure to check out our Podbean account. Which, if you're listening to this, not in the chat, obviously you probably found that out. But it is FocusFireChat.Podbean.com. Um, we're going to be pushing some stuff out there. Um, oh, Josh is calling for a 24-hour stream to just discuss the books. <laughs> that might not be unreasonable but um, <laughs> it might not because there are some big things coming oh, to there, be continued on yes, that as well yes there are there are some very large things um keep keep your i am a lot i am allowed to say this 
keep an eye out on the DOD Twitter. Um, there's going to be some big information dropping, hopefully somewhat soon. We can tell you that it will be around December 10th. Um, that is all I'm allowed to, or all that we're allowed to say. So keep keep a keep it on your calendar around December 10th. There is going to be a big event happening. Um, Definitely want to throw uh, at Dads of Destiny and at Schmurda a follow because if you're not following Dads of Destiny, um, and then also obviously Safe Gamers, Dames of Destiny those guys as well they have they have accounts um on twitter and i believe safe gamers is safe underscore gamers i always mess it up though so don't trust me it is safegamers.net is their website go there and check but um and then dames of destiny is obviously i believe it's just dames of destiny on twitter um excellent communities again we do run across community chat we just three we three are from the dads of destiny so that's why we kind of we're, we're, and we're all admins within the Dads of Destiny, so we kind of are more aware of things going on with that community. But we do know that Safe Gamers and Dames are just as just as awesome as we are. Um, and uh, also, if you are listening to this, give uh, Guardian Radio a listen as well. They are actually in the process of doing a giant giveaway over there for a Taken King PlayStation 4 bundle. Um, the information's on their site. It is Guardians Radio, Guardians, GuardianRadio.com, I want to say. If you just Google Guardian Radio, you'll find it. Um, that's actually the podcast that Bell and Bife are co-hosts on, and they are both in our chat and are amazing people. But give them give them a listen, too. They're, they're, they're a pretty awesome group as well. But with that being said, we will plan on seeing you next week to begin the descent into true madness with the books of sorrow oh you forgot the the most important thing oh good lord what is that your boys got the newest twitter account in ellis county texas oh yes justin has actually joined the world so all right yeah that's a good point uh justin and willie give give your twitter accounts mine is blue crew underscore 86 and then justin is uh, at Justin Sane O five one six same as the gamer tag. All right, and then Willie's is the tricky one. Yeah, mine uh, I made a long time ago. You can actually catch me either on my personal Twitter account, which is at the Brink Job, B R I N K J O B, or you know I, I also end up running the majority of the time the DoD Foxtrot X one Twitter which is at DOD Foxtrot X1. So you can actually catch me at either account. Anything that you see that's like, oh, hell, that's not politically correct. Why they do that? That's probably me. So <laughs> don't, don't blame anybody else. That, that's, that's all me right there. Yeah. So, all right. We will see you guys next week. I'll be streaming. On, I stream Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, But Wednesdays are just focus fire. But if you want to come watch us, bang our heads against the raid on Friday and me just be crazy on Monday doing something. That's what I'll do on this channel as well. But other than that, we will see you guys next week. And I do want to throw that out there too. I'll be doing my own streaming shenanigans here soon enough. Um, you know, we at Foxtrot, we always end up doing a raid school every other week where I end up talking to the people throughout Foxtrot about the lore throughout 
three nice. that we're doing at the time. Um, yeah, I'm sort of the lore master, which is a poor sign for them. But, uh, you know, I guess I'm the best they got. The lore master. They could do a lot worse. <laughs> I'm not the one they wanted, but I'm the one that they deserve. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> so, you know, once we get that going, I'll, I'll be sure to throw it a shout out here when we actually do. You know, I'll be streaming myself the uh, grade schools that I'm running as a teacher or a Sherpa, whichever one tickles your fancy more. And uh, on that note, I think I am finally done. All right. And see you guys later. See you Bye. next time.